are listening to the Cleveland Guardians FanCast, hosted by Quincy Wheeler and Friends, a podcast about the Cleveland professional baseball team and its fans. It's Quincy. I'm here with the Guardians Fancast, and I'm talking to Tyler. Tyler, I'm even going to release this episode right after we do it, so you're actually going to be on a Thursday for once, which is when we usually talk. Uh, thanks for joining me, Tyler. That's exciting. I don't have to talk like I'm in a time machine today. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah, right. We usually are like, today? Oh, I mean, uh, yesterday. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, That's uh, that'll be fun. And of course, um, it's an interesting day in Cleveland sports as we've got the Cavs getting uh, summarily dismissed from the playoffs by the New York Knicks, but the Guardians debuting another top pitching prospect and getting a win to pull out of a pretty terrible stretch. So hopefully they can put that seven losses in 10 games to the Nationals, Tigers, Marlins, and Rockies behind them. Uh, but uh, any general thoughts on where we are before we kind of go along the path and talk about some other stuff i mean it it sucks about the calves but it's fine because everyone will forget about that when tanner bybee wins the cy young and the world series mvp and then we build the statue after the parade so i think it'll be fine <laughs> you know if uh if it when the guardians eventually win the world series who knows if i'll be alive or not hopefully uh, they should just immediately build a statue of whoever wins the MVP. Just immediately build them a statue. That's that's all. Yeah, um, I this this town is starved for a World Series championship. Yeah, uh, if even like in if 2016, if Brian Shaw had somehow come in and threw like multiple shutout innings, and they somehow managed to come back and win. Oh, maybe even Brian Shaw gets a pinch hit appearance and gets a single because he's a switch hitter. Just immediately build him a statue. Only he wouldn't have had the beard back then, which would really make that just his like vacant stare with the beard and the statue would have been a tremendous statue to have outside of our stadium, I feel like. But there are a lot of good options still. Um, so I thought we could kind of generally talk today about um what are reasons for optimism with the team right now. Because I know a lot of people are pretty down, which isn't necessarily fair. But I try to live in this place, as you know, where I can see uh, where where I I don't go on one particular side or the other when it comes to seeing baseball stuff. There there are some concerns with the Guardians. And I think the concerns that we should have should be following from trends we've seen that have have been there last season that i've continued into this season so a trend i'm concerned about we can't hit for power we had that problem last year it's continues to be a problem this year uh another trend that i'm i've been concerned with but they're addressing is our pitchers aren't necessarily striking guys out and that's a big deal you have to be able to strike guys out and if you want to go far into the playoffs tristan mckenzie being an exception obviously he's got the high strikeout rate but right now he's on the injured list Aaron Savali had a great strikeout rate last year but he can't stay healthy everyone else 
is relying a lot on batting average and balls in play and getting the ball hit where it should be hit in order to get the outs. That's a trend you can be concerned with. They're addressing that, bringing up Logan Allen and Tanner Bybee, who have strikeout rate to spare. So I guess those are two trends that kind of disturb, uh, you know, I, I'm keeping my eye on. How about you? Is there anything else that you're like, okay, this is a legitimate concern? Hmm. A legitimate concern. Um, we've talked about our inability to block balls behind the plate. Yeah, that's a that's a good example. Yeah, because that's a content <laughs> that's an ongoing trend. So yeah, that's that's a fair thing to be concerned about. And I I don't have his page up in front of me, but I don't think he's hitting as hot as he was at the beginning of the year. And I think people were only gonna start tolerating that if he sustained that insane level of offensive production, which he's not doing that then we have a problem um i think that zach plesak and cal control seats are going to start getting a little warm here after what we saw from tanner bybee and uh logan allen because i mean they're spot safe now while savali and mckenzie are injured but uh, yeah uh, yesterday i saw you replying to someone or about they were like, well, it, we can send t- Tanner Bybee down now. Like he can just be a one and done and come back up. And it's like, are you dumb? Like, sorry, <laughs> but like, why, why would you do that? He just jolted life into, you know, a yeah. comatose rotation. Um, and it was nice to see Tito afterward. He's like, oh no, Tanner Bybee's staying up. Like, which yeah. yes, that's the correct decision. Yeah. Yeah. You did a good job identifying. I know I put you on the spot there, but I think, I think you've done a good job of kind of addressing a couple of things. And I I would say with Zanino, I think the main issue with the blocking is concerns over whether pitchers are going to be afraid to uh, throw pitches in the dirt as much as they used to, to get guys out, to get strikeouts. Is that affecting pitcher strikeout rates? to not have them throw the ball in the dirt as much. I think that's the main concern there. I think his framing is so good. And like you said, he's still got a 142 WRC plus. He's still hanging in there as a hitter. Um, makes, you know, Austin Hedges look like a pitcher at the at the plate. But then Austin Hedges kind of makes Max Zanino look like a pitcher when he's trying to block <laughs> pitches. Um, but Zanino's framing is so good that I think Objectively speaking, stats-wise, you'd be fine with some blocked pitches getting past him as they have. You'd take the trade-off for the offense and the framing and the good pitch calling. The problem becomes if it's like, oh, Emmanuel Classe feels afraid to bury a slider to a guy that he really needs to bury a slider to, and then that guy makes contact and gets the ball put in play and they lose a the game because of that. That's what's hard to measure and something, I guess, to keep an eye on because that is an ongoing trend. And then I guess the police at Quantrill issue, even some of that stuff is how aggressive are the guardians going to be with replacing established guys with guys who might be better players when they need to. I am not on the train yet of people that are like, why don't we just get rid of Ahmed and bring up Rokio or start Arias? I get it. I understand it. I still think it's probably unlikely that Arias or Rokio are going to be much better this season than what Ahmed is going to be by the end of the season because he gets hot and he's going to be 
slightly above league average hitter when it's all said and done. But, you know, if he has a bad year, if he struggles, is this team going to be aggressive enough to say, hey, let's get Arias or Rokio, Rokio being my preference of the two, some more at-bats, kind of give him some split time, start Ahmed against left-handers and start the other guy against right-handers and, you know, get Ahmed some at-bats at third base or first base. I, I don't see him doing that. Yeah, and I think that's something that people need to realize is that Tito is not putting together his lineup based on spreadsheets and baseball savant data. He's he's still got a lot of old school tendencies in his managerial style. And so is it better to bring up one of our top prospects like Rokio and have him just ride the bench and play maybe once or twice a week? Or is it better for him to get reps you know, down in the minors right now, it's probably better for him to still just be, if he's not going to get consistent playing time, I would rather him just continue to get that in the minors, even though in a perfect world, he would be up with the major league team, but I don't, I don't think it's useful for him to sit and ride the bench for five days a week. If he's not going to do anything. So might as well just keep him there until he, basically forces his way up like we saw with Logan Allen and Tanner Bybee. And, and he's just one example because he was the he was the guy you named. Um, but I think that's the thing is we're seeing that this team and Tito, they will play guys, but it's going to be when they kind of don't have a choice, I guess. Not to say that Tito is not willing to play the kids because we've seen he is. But when we have players like Ahmed Rosario who – Tito, I think, rates very differently than a lot of the fan base on Twitter. There's not this universal understanding of, okay, this is the guy we need to use right now. Whereas with like Tanner Bybee, Logan Allen, they were like, okay, this these are the guys we need to play right now. And then it worked out. I mean, I think it was, I was telling my wife yesterday that watching Tanner Bybee pitch yesterday, I think it's the most excited I've been for like a pitching debut since I watched Danny Salazar back in 2013. Um, and I was, I was pulling up, like I was pulling up that box score and, and the savant data for Danny Salazar from that game. And one, it made me sad, but, um, (laughs) it also like, I can see like why people were excited then. And I can see why people are excited now because yeah, Bybee and Allen injected like a jolt of life into this, into this rotation and this team. And so I, I want them to stay. I want them to do well. And I want that for all of our prospects. Um, Tito just doesn't think it's the right time for some of them, which is frustrating. But at this point, I think Tito's earned the benefit of the doubt in a lot of ways. So I'm just going to let him do his thing and wait until we win the AL central again. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely keeping the benefit of the doubt and trusting that Tito's going to figure out the best way to utilize the roster is, is a safe move to make. I think, um, and one thing that you said that reminded me, I was, I know I had told someone the other day that was saying, Oh, maybe Bobby will help the team get out of their slump. And I was saying, well, Bobby's not going to hit. So that's going <laughs> to, that's going to still be an issue. But I, I do think when I think about it, I do think there probably is something to having pitchers that, you know, are going to give you a chance in every game. And, you know, like if Bobby or Allen or Bieber or, you know, one of these guys gets out there and shuts a lineup down for four innings and the guardians, maybe are still struggling. It does give you 
the ability to take that pressure off yourself. You know, you come up to the plate, there's two guys on and you're like, Oh man, I'm in a slump. We're down four runs. I better darn well hit a home run here. That's not really a great way to approach your bat. Yes, please hit a home run. But you know, you get up there and you feel all that pressure on you. Uh, that's not, you know, guys are human beings. They're not robots. They feel all that. So I do think that in hindsight, Bybee and, and Allen and these guys, even Williams initially, are going to help the offense in some ways, just taking that pressure off them. I'm not I'm not pushing the panic button on the offense like I think some people are. I do think that the offense will come around and be more like what we saw last season and probably a little bit better. I guess I have concerns about whether Jimenez is going to maybe be the same player he was last year. He's still a very good player, but he he had a 140 WRC plus, and I kind of doubt that's who he is. I think he's more like maybe like a 120 guy, but this might be a season where he's trying to figure out how to find his way back to that, which is still great. And I, I definitely think it's safe to say right now that Jose Ramirez is still figuring out how to get his strength back from the thumb issue. Uh, he's still, you can see, his timing's fine and he's still a great hitter, but I don't think that he's got quite that power back, which makes sense. You know, if you, if you repair a muscle in your hand, which you need to be able to really slap the ball around, um, it probably takes a little while for your body to get used to, Oh, this is the muscle that I can rely on to do what I used to do. So I'm not a medical professional, but I'm guessing that probably has something to do with it. So maybe we'll start to see more of that pop come back towards, you know, as the season goes on. So right now he's at 122 WRC plus and that's fine. But, you know, to really light up the lineup, he's probably going to be back, need to be back towards that 140 to 160 range that he usually is. I think he will be by the end of the season. Um, So I don't know, like in terms of, of optimism about the team, I, I, where you're going to get power, it just seems like they're probably going to have to make a move. And I don't think it's going to be a big move, but I think it's going to be okay. We probably have the room on our bench, you know, like we're carrying three catchers right now. We probably have the room on our bench to replace one of those catchers with a guy like Hunter Renfro, um, with a guy like Will Myers, like a guy who can play multiple positions and crushes lefties and has a lot of power. I think when it comes down to in July, there'll probably be room for a player like that. We have sources of power on the team right now that just aren't clicking. And so it'll be interesting as we get to the trade deadline to see, have those started, have those started working yet? Like, I think we expected a lot from Mike Zanino. Um, We knew he was going to strike out a ton, but he would also run into one. Josh Bell, I think, is heating up, and I think I expect him to provide some of that. Josh Naylor, Josh Naylor, as you pointed out on Twitter, has started to look not completely awful against left-handed pitching. And so does that mean I want him starting against lefties? No. But, <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's looking competent, I guess, or semi-competent. So, right. I mean, if he gets, if he finds a groove there, I mean, that would be a huge source of potential power. So I agree that if they bring someone on uh, at the trade deadline, it's not going to, they're not going to get Otani um, much to my sadness. Oh, but, Can you imagine um, this team with Otani? Just a second. Just like, I think I've, we've done this before, but it's just, it'd be incredible. He'd solve so many problems. He's not a right-handed hitter, but I mean, 
Jeez. Jeez. I, I mean, Artie's dumb enough. You might be able to give him some, you know, <laughs> wash talent <laughs> because he's Artie, would you like, make stupid decisions. Would you like five middle infielders uh, who might pan out because we've got some middle infielders? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I do. I was thinking today, uh, speaking of trades, I, I kind of floated this one out there. I was like, I wonder, I wonder if there, I thought about this as I was trying to get to sleep last night. I wonder if there's some kind of world where two contenders could trade and Cleveland could give a contender Shane Bieber for a guy who's got a light, a, a right-handed power bat. That's a starter. And I don't, that's, just not realistic and probably not going to happen, but it just crossed my mind. Like I hate how the Cardinals are jerking Jordan Walker around kid had a 101 WRC plus and they sent him down to the minors. <laughs> like what? And what is he like 20 or something? Like he's super young. And if you're in the majors and you have a 101 WRC plus at, as like a 20 year old, you're going to like, that's insane. Why would you send that person down? It's just obviously some sort of, clock suppression method or something i guess but um i was like well if you guys don't appreciate jordan walker maybe we could work yeah he's 20 20 years 11 months old and he's got 101 wrc plus in the majors like come on guys what are you sitting down for anyway it, it it's some kind of world the cardinals right now are falling apart so if they were competing for the playoffs they need pitching help you're like oh hey shane bieber a really good prospect a really solid prospect for jordan walker and maybe there's some other exchange. I could see a world where that could make sense. I'm not saying it should happen, but I'm just saying it could make sense. I mean, if the Cardinals are yo-yoing one of their top prospects, it seems like they're not very smart. So take out a prospect in that trade, give them a Med Rosario, and they'll take it too. Because <laughs> well, that's yeah. proven major league talent, baby. That that's true. Yeah. I then they do need a shortstop. Yeah, I thought about that too. Bieber, Rosario. And then if you're doing that, you probably I do think it has to be probably a pretty darn good prospect to go along with that. But yeah, I don't know. And obviously you don't really want to take Bieber off the team in the middle of a playoff run. But I just I constantly think about like how do we solve the pro the power problem? Because it just seems like we need that bat who's gonna hit 30, 35 homers. And that is Jordan Walker. And I don't know who else and Jordan Walker's probably not available, but I just don't know like how they're gonna figure that particular issue out. Maybe it is like Bo Naylor comes up and he's a 20 ends up being a 20 homer guy, and Rokio comes up and I love Rokio's power and I think he's going to get his way to it. I think he's the kind of guy who can make a Francisco Lindor type jump. Now Lindor that's extreme, but where he's kind of settled Lindor is more like a 25, 30 Homer guy. I think that could be Rokio. He's not going to be the defensive wizard that, that Lindor is, but I think he could offer something similar at the plate that might solve the problem, but that's still probably a year or so away. Maybe Which two. He doesn't. Yeah, he he doesn't have to be a defensive wizard if you slide Jimenez over to shortstop and then put him at second. Like he he'll be a great second baseman, and then you still have your defensive wizardry of Andres Jimenez at shortstop. And and the other thing to watch, uh, you know, today we don't have any Guardians game, so uh, I know our friend uh, Nicole. Derpa, I forget what. Anyway, she's on Twitter. She offers a lot of good insights. She was listing the games that everybody could watch today. The 
Uh, Clippers are starting here momentarily. But if you look throughout uh, and you watch Clippers games, especially tune in uh, tune in for Rokio and Young Kenzie Noel's at bats, because if Noel can show that he can handle the uh, the breaking pitches, breaking balls, then it's time to get excited about that. Because I do think that he's the kind of guy that you could say, oh, that could be our future right fielder. Because um, he's got a cannon for an arm. I mean, his his range isn't great, but he's working on it. Uh, he's got a cannon for an arm. That's the kind of guy you can put out in right field and say, okay, he's going to hit me 30 bombs. If everything turns out, he's really got to show that he can consistently hit the breaking ball. He can hit the fastball. If he can show he can consistently hit the breaking ball, then that gets pretty exciting, and he's making some big strides. But beyond that, there's not a ton of like guys in the minors that you're like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of power coming there. There's a lot of guys who, man, they can really put the ball, the bat to the ball. But that's the kind of thing I'm interested to think about for the future. Yeah. And for the Clippers, they their lineup went up three minutes ago. Um, it's also Gavin Williams, AAA debut today. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Yeah, Gavin Williams. Yeah, every, everybody, if you haven't paid attention for Gavin Williams, What's really funny and I think scary for the American League Central is they've just seen Logan Allen. And Tyler, did you see Logan Allen? Like, I've watched him in the minor some, but he just looks so confident. That was the thing. Because with AAA, you could see sometimes he was a little trying to figure things out, not necessarily trusting his stuff. But I don't know if it was maybe working with Zanino, who I know is great with pitchers too. He just looks so absolutely confident in what he does because he's got to keep the fastball out of the heart of the plate. And when he mm-hmm. gave up that homer, I was like, oh, man, I hope that doesn't. But he's continued to go to the fastball. He can, And he's got, oh, man, so exciting. And then you see Tanner Bybee, who we just talked about. like that. That's like a debut of debuts. But Gavin Williams could be better than those two guys. He might be better. Like his stuff might be better. Bobby's stuff's in like earth shattering. So it's hard to imagine, but his stuff could be better. Yeah. Those, uh, we were talking about on Twitter yesterday. <laughs> I messaged you all. I was like, all right, so what do we call this pitch? Because <laughs> I think it's one thing. Savant says it's something else. Did, and you said it, I think it's what a dots, a dot slider, or a gyro yeah, slider. Yeah. Um, Matt Dallas on Twitter has done a good job talking about this. I, I, I saw the pitch with Morgan that Morgan does it. And um, uh, some of the guardian starters do it too. But uh, Morgan's really shows up in the low spin rate. He's got his spot, his slider. So it just kind of bloops in there. And uh, it's a similar kind of thing from uh, Bybee, but he's got his his motion on it, but he's just got more spin on it and it does backspin. So it's like super hard to square up and it moves so weird. If you looked at one point, Savant was confused about what it was. Savant mm-hmm. didn't know if it was a curveball or a slider because of how weirdly it moves. It's and, like unknown for a bunch of pitches. Yeah, it's his best pitch. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, I don't know. I was talking to... Matt and some other guys yesterday too saying, uh, Logan Allen's, I mean, sorry, uh, Tanner Bobby's curveball is really pretty. If he gets that curveball to look a little bit more like the slider, I mean, watch out, watch out. He's going to throw a perfect game every time. <laughs> I mean, that's not going to happen, but it just, I like, if he could get the curveball to look a little like the slider and get hitters thinking it's like the league's in trouble at that point which yeah. is probably what he'll do eventually. So yeah, it's exciting times. Uh, they'll have to figure out the offense thing. It's fun. It's fun to think about fans should stop freaking out because they have a bad April. Uh, and it's not because the whole 
they always have bad April. Tito's team starts slow. That's not always true. But if you look around the league, everybody's hitters are slow to start because it's cold and because hitters are trying to get their timing. It's not unusual for a team that's really good. I mean, look at the Dodgers. They're 500. They're getting blown out by the Pirates. They're not that bad. Um, And the Pirates might be pretty good, but they're not like we're going to blow out the Dodgers good. You know, so anything can happen from given game. All I said was if they can get out of April above or around 500, and that threshold for me was like maybe two or three games below 500, that I'd be fine. And they currently sit at 12 and 13. So as long as they don't get swept this weekend, then I <laughs> we mean, should we should be in pretty know. good shape. Yeah, yeah I think so. I, and I don't, I don't and, and I guess my, my final thought on that would be um, I get it losing those games to bad teams. That's yeah, that is that notable sucks. because you should beat the bad teams. But well, all it means is that you've got to show up against some good teams at some point. And they will. I, I believe mm-hmm. they will. It's something that is possible. You've got to beat the Twins, and they'll be up for those games. So don't forget. All right, Tyler, thanks for talking some ball with me today, and I'll let you get to work, and I'll go to work, and we'll have a great day. Sounds good. Thanks, Quincy. Yep, bye. This has been the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. You can find us on any major podcast platform. Please remember to like, subscribe, download, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.